Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wonder World Podcast. I'm Pam. I'm Olivia, and this is the second week of August. In the USA, August is National Catfish Month, which mom was really excited for. In Canada, August 7th is British Columbia Day. In Alberta, Canada, it is also Heritage Day. August 8th in the United States is National Frozen Custard Day. Yeah, I don't understand frozen custard. Like, how is it different than ice cream? I don't even know what custard is. August 12th is National Middle Child Day. Ahem, John. (laughs) And August 13th is International Left-Handers Day. Also, John. (laughs) This is true. John has two days in the middle of the week. This week in history was a big week for the field of architecture. On August 9th, in 1173, construction of the Tower of Pisa began, and the Sistine Chapel opened on August 9th in 1483, and on August 11th in 1934, Alcatraz Federal Prison opened. Ooh. Birthdays this week include former President Herbert Hoover was born on August 10th, 1874. Annie Oakley, American sharpshooter and entertainer, was born on August 13th, 1860. On August 13th, 1926, Cuban dictator Fidel Castro was born. Michelangelo, born in 1475, was a brilliant artist who painted the Sistine Chapel in Vatican City. It was a massive undertaking that took him four years to complete. The Sistine Chapel is a large room with very high ceilings. Michelangelo had to paint those ceilings while lying on his back on scaffolding. Can you imagine how challenging that must have been? He used a technique called fresco painting, where he applied wet paint onto wet plaster. This allowed the paint to soak into the plaster and become part of the wall. Michelangelo painted scenes from the Bible, including the scene of God creating Adam, Noah's Ark, and The Last Judgment. He painted with great attention to detail, bringing the stories to life with vibrant colors and realistic figures. The painting process was physically demanding, and Michelangelo faced many difficulties. He had to deal with the weight of the wet plaster, the uncomfortable position on the scaffolding, and even problems with the paint drying too quickly. Despite these challenges, he persevered and created one of the most famous works of art in history. Michelangelo's masterpiece on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel is admired for the beauty and skill it required. Next time you see pictures of the Sistine Chapel, remember the remarkable effort Michelangelo put into creating that breathtaking work of art. Be sure to check out the virtual tour of the Sistine Chapel, which we have linked in our show notes. Our word of the week is abscond. To abscond is to leave, flee, or escape a place in secret and go into hiding. Often, someone is said to have absconded with something. For example, he became concerned that one of his co-conspirators would abscond to Canada with money. See how many times you can use the word abscond in your conversations this week. And now for our trivia question. How many species of catfish are there? A. 1,500. B. 2,000. Or C. 3,000. Are you or someone you know a middle child? Birth order can influence certain strengths in individuals. Firstborn children often possess leadership qualities, responsibility, and a strong worth ethic. Middle children are said to develop exceptional negotiation skills, adaptability, and strong social connections. Youngest children tend to be creative, outgoing risk-takers with strong communication skills and often benefit from the guidance of older siblings. As I am sure you know, individual strengths vary widely, and birth order is just one factor. Regardless of where you fall in the birth order in your family, 
God has gifted you with unique strengths and abilities. We actually learned about birth order theory when it comes to leadership in Civil Air Patrol. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you realize that our family totally does not fit in with this whole birth order thing. (laughs) Yeah, I was reading it and I was thinking, no, this isn't right. Alcatraz Prison, located on an island in San Francisco Bay, California, opened in 1934. The island was surrounded by the cold, dangerous waters of the mighty Pacific, making it hard for prisoners to escape. Despite the challenges, there were famous escape attempts. In 1962, three inmates made a detailed plan. They used tools to break the walls of their cells, snuck through a utility corridor, and climbed a ventilation shaft to reach the roof. They then formed a makeshift raft from raincoats and tried to escape the prison. The inmates were never found, but it is believed they didn't survive the icy waters. The difficult geography and harsh conditions of Alcatraz prison made it nearly impossible to escape, earning it the nickname The Rock. Hey, Mom, why don't fish like basketball? I don't know, Olivia. Why don't fish like basketball? Because they're afraid of getting caught in the net. (laughs) And now back to our trivia question. How many species of catfish are there? Is it A, 1,500, B, 2,000, or C, 3,000? If you answered C, 3,000, then you really know your catfish species. I wonder if you could eat every species. Of course you would think that. (laughs) You love catfish. I love catfish. Emily Pauline Johnson was born in 1861 on the Six Nations Reserve, Canada West. While growing up, Emily did not have much of a formal education. She spent a few years at school, but was primarily educated at home by reading a great deal of poetry, including works by Lord Byron, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and William Shakespeare. Today, we are sharing an acrostic poem that she wrote. An acrostic poem uses a letter of each line, usually the first letter, to spell out a word or phrase. The acrostic word in this poem is the same as the title. Canada by Emily Pauline Johnson. Crown of her young Vancouver, crest of her old Quebec, Atlantic and far Pacific, sweeping her, keel to deck. North of her, ice and arctics, southward a rival's stealth. Aloft her empire's pennant, below her nation's wealth. Daughter of men and markets, bearing within her hold, appraised at highest value, cargoes of grain and gold. The Leaning Tower of Pisa in Italy has a fascinating story of architectural ambition and unintentional engineering wonder. Italian engineer Bonanno Pisano began building the bell tower for a nearby cathedral in 1173. Despite its 10-foot foundation, the tower started leaning during construction. Why? Well, it was due to the immense weight of the marble the tower was built of and the fact that it was constructed on unstable soil made of clay silt, and sand. Builders attempted to offset the lean by making adjustments during construction, but it continued to lean. How frustrating. As a result, construction was halted for nearly a century. Eventually, builders began again and finished their project. Today, the tower stands at about 
184 and a half feet tall and has eight stories. In recent years, extensive restoration efforts have been to reduce the tilt and secure the tower. It is now a popular tourist attraction, representing both human creativity and the city of Pisa's rich history. Ironically, the fact that the Tower of Pisa does lean has made it much more famous than it ever would have been if it had gone according to plan and stood straight up. Today, the Leaning Tower of Pisa is an iconic symbol known worldwide. If your ideas do not go according to plan, don't give up. It could just be the beginning of something great. Frozen custard is a delicious frozen dessert that is made in a special way. It starts with a mixture of cream, sugar, eggs, and flavoring. The eggs are important because they help mix the fastened water together. When you whisk the mixture, the eggs create a stable blend called emulsion. This emulsion is what gives frozen custard its smooth and creamy texture. After emulsification comes freezing. The custard mixture is churned while very cold air is added. This freezing process is crucial because it stops big ice crystals from forming. By consistently churning and adding cold air, the ice crystals spread out evenly, giving the custard its velvety feel. The combination of emulsion and freezing turns the custard mixture into a solid but creamy dessert. Okay, now that sounds good. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, so we learned about emulsion a couple of years ago. Do you remember what your very favorite emulsified dish is? Ice cream? Nope. Eggs Benedict. The hollandaise sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was delicious. The Brothers Grimm, also known as Jacob and Willem Grimm, were German scholars and authors who collected and published famous fairy tales and folklore in the early 18th century, contributing to the preservation and popularization of these stories worldwide. In honor of Catfish Month, we will be sharing The Fisherman and His Wife by the Brothers Grimm. Now, this is a long story, so we're going to share a little bit each week and enjoy the story together all month long. Be sure to tune in each week for the latest installment of the story during the month of August. Today, we're going to share part one. Let's dive in. There was once a fisherman who lived with his wife in a pigsty close by the seaside. The fisherman used to go out all day long a-fishing, and one day, as he sat on the shore with his rod, looking at the sparkling waves and watching his line, all of a sudden his float was dragged away deep into the water, and in drawing it up, he pulled out a great fish. But the fish said, "'Pray let me live. I am not a real fish. I am an enchanted prince. Put me in the water again and let me go.'" Oh, ho, said the man, you need not make so many words about the matter. I will have nothing to do with a fish that can talk. So swim away, sir, as soon as you please. Then he put him back into the water and the fish darted straight down to the bottom and left a long streak of blood behind him on the wave. When the fisherman went home to his wife in the pigsty, he told her how he had caught a great fish and how it had told him it was an enchanted prince and how, on hearing it speak, he had let it go again. Well, did you not ask for anything? said the wife. We live very wretchedly here in this nasty, dirty pigsty. Do go back and tell the fish we want a snug little cottage. The fisherman did not much like the business. However, he went to the seashore, and when he came back there, the water looked all yellow and green. And he stood at the water's edge and said, O oh, man of the sea, hearken to me. My wife Ilsebil will have her own will, and hath sent me to beg a boon of thee. 
Then the fish came swimming to him and said, well, what is her will? What does your wife want? Ah, said the fisherman. She says that when I caught you, I ought to have asked for something before I let you go. She does not like living any longer in the pigsty and wants a snug little cottage. Go home then, said the fish. She is in the cottage already. So the man went home and saw his wife standing in the door of a nice, trim little cottage. Come in, come in, said she. Is this not so much better than the filthy pigsty we had? And there was a parlor and a bedchamber and a kitchen. And behind the cottage, there was a little garden planted with all sorts of flowers and fruits. And there was a courtyard behind full of ducks and chickens. Ah, said the fisherman, how happily we shall live now. We will try to do so at least, said his wife. Everything went right for a week or two, and then Dame Ilsebil said, Husband, there is not near room enough for us in this cottage. The courtyard and the garden are a great deal too small. I should like to have a large stone castle to live in. Go to the fish again and tell him to give us a castle. Wife, said the fisherman, I don't like to go to him again, for perhaps he will be angry. We ought to be content with this pretty cottage to live in. Nonsense, said the wife. He will do it very willingly, I know. Go along and try. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. Thanks for joining us on the Wonder World podcast. If you enjoy the show, head on over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. The reviews you leave help us get the word out about the podcast to more families. Reviews like the one Meredith Bowley wrote. A wonder-filled start to the school week. My kids and I love listening to the Wonder World podcast on Mondays. It sparks our interest for new topics and helps us make connections to other things we're learning. It's also just so fun learning new words, jokes, and trivia. Thank you, Meredith. And until next week, keep wondering.